please turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 4 and read down through verse 15. Now, if you know the Word of God, then you are probably familiar with this passage. This passage is, is honestly, it's one of um, probably the most familiar stories. And I, I use that word because Christ used that, that word, story or parable. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And it's the parable of the sower. Now, actually, in this passage, there are three different emphases that we're going to talk about. And we're going to work our way through the passage together. But it's actually talking about a sower, the, the person who throws out the seeds. We'll talk about that. It talks about the seeds and it talks about different kinds of soils. And, and so I did that intentionally with the plural there. Now, in Bible times, the... Um, the illustration that we're going to see this morning is probably more like this picture that I found on the internet about what was happening. Okay? I am not a farmer. Bob, I'm not even a gardener, my friend. I, I, I am not. Peggy and I and our kids, we, we lived in Iowa for a while, and Peggy is, is originally from Iowa. When I was a kid, um, my, some of my parents' best friends up in Susquehanna County, where I grew up, were farmers, and there were times that, that I would go help, but not enough to know what's going on. But man, out in, out in Iowa, they have farms out there in Iowa that are thousands of acres, and they are this, this pristine land, and you know, you go out here, Christy and I this morning got here, and we went out, out front, and we were putting the little signs for our church out front and you can't hardly even get them in because there's so many rocks in the dirt right out in Iowa somebody came along and and took all the rocks from the whole state there aren't any and I think maybe it was God but but anyway it's the, the ground is perfect and they have these uh, amazing farms and they have tractors that are you know like spaceships you know and there's like sound systems and internet and all of that and the the, the you know the the farming is just incredible out there I, i've told some of you the story i i grew up like i said up in susquehanna county and my dad was a fanatic gardener we had kind of a big lot we lived in town a lot of people claim to be from montrose but they're really from the suburbs but i grew up in town downtown montrose which, if you've ever been there, it's like the small, you know, one of the smallest towns in, in, around. But it's, but we had this little, we had this lot, and so my dad had a garden, and my dad was a fanatic. Everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be, you know, pre, everything had to be exactly right. And so my personality is, I learned early on that I would, uh, and he would have us boys, my my brothers and I, go out and help him in the garden. But I learned early on that if I messed up on purpose. Maybe this, I'm winking, maybe this would tell you a little bit about my personality. My dad would yell at me and not want me around because his garden had to be perfect. So my dad would yell at me and then I'd get, go take my basketball and go play basketball. And so that was my personality. That's how I got out of being in the garden. But uh, the garden had to be perfect. Well, that's not the illustration. And we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about ancient Palestine. <laughs> and Jesus is telling a story and I'm going to explain this as we go through. I'm going to work our way through the text a little bit. 
and, and talked about some things to make this familiar story very, very practical for today. So that's my strategy. Again, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. And if you need the notes, they're over there. They're on yellow paper today. And it has the text from uh, New King James, the New King James, which is what I'm reading today. And we're going to work our way through it. And I'm going to explain some things. And again, talk then with you about how this passage, I think, is very, very practical for today. Here it is, Luke chapter 8. And when a great multitude had gathered, and they came to him from every city, or actually from city to city, and he spoke by parable or story, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others of the seed fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears, let him hear. Then his disciples, his followers, asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that, seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. And then the Lord says this, verse 11, Now the parable is this and he explains the seed is the word of god those by the wayside are the ones who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved verse 13 but the ones on the rock are those when they hear receive the word with joy but these have no root who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, and that's a word that could be either temptation like a solicitation to evil, or actually trials. That could be either one there. Fall away. Now the one are, are difficult times. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are these who, when they heard, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. And then verse 15, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And that is the word of God. Let me just talk with you a little bit about the passage, as I mentioned a couple times already. I'm going to highlight some things from the passage and then we're going to look at how this story, how this illustration, is very, very practical for today. First of all, like I mentioned in my one opening slide, there are three emphasis. The sower, the seeds, and the soils in this passage. Again, this is, this is only a picture from the internet. This is, I'm, I'm not in any way saying that this is necessarily an accurate description, but it helps us understand. Okay, in those days, the farmer, there were no tractors. 
there were no fancy equipment. There was no things even like my dad had when I was a kid to do a garden. They would literally sow the seed by hand. A lot of the pictures have the farmer going out with this bag of sorts that the picture kind of talks about that. It's, it's where they carry the seeds. Now, in those days, the seed was really, really valuable. There's in a passage in the Psalms that says that you sow with tears and reap with joy. And often that's because the seed is so valuable. So the farmer was as careful as he possibly could, but also the land in Palestine was probably a lot like, in many ways, northeastern Pennsylvania. It was difficult. It wasn't this land without any rocks or anything, like, like Iowa wasn't that way at all, but they had to farm to live. And so this picture kind of illustrates that. So the seeds, he has the bag of seeds, and then he's also throwing the, the seeds out by hand. And my earlier slide had a man's hand that was throwing out, and they would be as careful as possible, again, because the seed was valuable, but that is how they sowed the seed. And then the third emphasis in this passage was on the soils or the four different categories. And the Lord explains his own story. Okay, the four different categories of uh, the people that heard the message of the word of God. And this is the, the order there, the thorns, the rocks, the soil and the wayside, as you can see from the picture. And we'll talk about that more as, as we go through. So, the parable of the sower. <laughs> I want you to know that in this passage, there are three main principles. And there in your notes, you just have a little fill in the blank. We're going to have a little bit of a convoluted outline, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute. There's three main past principles that I want to share with you. Number one, it is Christ is telling a story, telling a parable, telling an illustration here, and he says that our responsibility is to sow the seed. Our responsibility is to sow the seed. That's what Christ was saying. This passage clearly says that um, um, the seed is the word of God, and we're going to highlight that in just a minute. And I, I mentioned before that there were a great number of people that came. People came from every city around the area. People, came, A great multitude came. The, the language there means that they kept coming. And so Christ used this illustration. He got their attention and he told them the story. And so basically he's emphasizing to them the, the word of God. Now a parable is... I remember my pastor, and I don't think he originated this idea at all, that a parable in the New Testament is a, is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. A parable is a story or a narrative. It's an illustration. Jesus is not necessarily saying this particular thing actually happened. I know this guy. He is saying this is an illustration. A guy went out the farm. Okay. And so an illustration 
a parable, a story, is a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I like that. In other words, there is a, an eternity principle here that he wants us to hear and understand. One of the things I want you to notice, one of the things I want you to notice, and we'll talk about this more at the end, and I'll show you this on the, on, on the slides, and that is when Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Remember I read that? That phrase is mentioned at least six times in our English Bible, in the New Testament. That is a phrase that Jesus often said, if you have ears, and we do, then hear. This is important. In fact, in this entire story, hearing is kind of the common denominator to the story. And so the idea here is, again, number one, principle number one, that our responsibility is to sow the seed. If you're a believer, if you know Jesus Christ as, as, as your personal Savior, and you have that uh, the Word of God in your heart, then our responsibility is to share that uh, with others. That's our responsibility, share that, the Word of God. Um, yeah, I want to make this as practical as we can today. One of the things that I have found in my life is that often... And that's why we're taking the time on Wednesday nights to study the Word of God and to learn how to study the Word of God together. That as I am in the Word of God, personally, it is amazing to me how this works, by the way, people. That if I'm in the Word of God, it is amazing how God gives me an opportunity to share with others what He has already taught me. Right? If you're in the Word of God, you know that to be true. That is absolutely amazing, and we'll talk more about that as, as we go through. Our responsibility is to share the Word of God. Number two, I think it's really important from this passage, I think it's really important from this passage to understand this, and that is the results are up to God. I have shared this with you. If, if the results were up to me, I'd probably do something maybe a little different, you know, in sharing the Word of God. I'm a big guy. I could, if you, you know me, but people who don't know me are probably, right, intimidated by my size a little bit. I don't know if anybody who does know me is actually intimidated. But if they don't know me, hey, Mel's a big guy, and I could probably back somebody into a corner and intimidate them, probably. I mean, I pro my personality would probably do that. The responsibility excuse me, the results are not up to us. I would probably do it a different way. In fact, the, the history of Christianity, to be real honest with you, is man trying to figure that out. Like if I memorize an outline, or if I memorize certain verses or whatever, and I'm not necessarily criticizing that, but I'm just saying that the results are up to God. Our responsibility is to share the Word of God. And let me just say again, I want to emphasize this as we go through today. As we put God's Word in our hearts, as we put God's Word in our lives, it is amazing how God will give us the opportunity to share His Word. It's amazing how that is. Now, the results um, are up to God. Let me just talk with you a little bit about that. In the... Um, let me... Let me um, I'm going to backtrack here a little bit. I just changed my mind, okay? No, I'm not either. Um, 
let me do it this way. In the Bible, or in your, in your notes, you can look at the, at the paragraph of the notes that are in the middle, actually in verse 9, 10, 9, 9 and 10. I want you to look at that. And in the outline, it's on the top of the second page <coughs> where the text is indented a little bit. I want to highlight this for you a little bit. And so in verse 9, it says, Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? Great question. Jesus said, verse 10, And he said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. I think there's an important point here in the Word of God to understand and that is, it is the Holy Spirit of God that gives us the ability to understand and to apply and to live the Word of God. I have mentioned this before, but maybe just off to the side right here, write down a couple of references and look these up on your own. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. The first Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit for they are foolishness unto him. There are times that when we share the word of God that people will reject it. There are times when we share the word of God that people will laugh at it. Folks, the results are up to God. We, uh, this week, because of uh, Christy's home with us from Germany. And I, I, I told you a little bit about that before, but Peggy, Christy, and I this week took a little vacation and we drove up to Upper, um, upper New York, uh, Lake Champlain. It's on the border of Canada, New York, and Vermont. It's this huge lake. And we, we drove up there and the Canada border is kind of, kind of interesting. It's closed and we got a place to stay. And Christy and I went fishing a little bit, hadn't went with us, and we, went, we, had, we had a great time. But on the way back, we stopped, and I was outvoted. I had Haddon on my side, but I also had two women in the car. And uh, I was outvoted on the way back. In fact, we took um, the world's slowest route back from Vermont, didn't we? <laughs> you know? And... Uh, yeah, and we, we saw this sign that had uh, yard sale or garage sale or something. And we turned around the corner. The guy, this guy's whole backyard, and he had buildings filled with junk. I should have got this out and showed it to you because I'm not kidding you. In fact, he had a sign up that said, junk for sale. Glorified junk. <laughs> and I'm like, at least he, at least he admits it, right? And right away, this guy comes up to me. I mean, I'm not kidding you. He looked like the combination between a biker gang and Santa Claus. <laughs> now, you know, white beard, but, but and he comes, he, you know, comes up to me right away, you know, and he's telling me about, uh, you know, what he has for sale. And you can't even, you know, make your way through these buildings. I mean, this guy, he's going to be on a TV show one of these days. You know what I mean? You know, when the stuff falls on you and stuff like that. And this guy's telling me, and so he's telling me that he's a hippie from the 60s and, and that uh, he got married in the early 70s and traveled around the country and went to all these festivals and, 
you know, all this kind of stuff. And then he kind of like, what, well, what do you do? And as soon as I started talking to him about being a pastor, right away his language changes. And he kicks into the Bible, and he kicks into like, he's singing hymns from his childhood days. And he's telling me that when he was traveling around the country as a hippie, he had already told me that, and, uh, and that he, had, he was preaching on the streets for money, you know, and, and all, all of that. And, and there were times, I mean, so my, my point of even telling you the story is, it, it happens to us too, is there are times that people don't get it, and Christianity, folks, is not one of those things that you can flip on or flip off or change the channel or turn it on sometimes when you feel like it. That the Word of God works in people's lives, and I think that's an important thing about this story to under, understand that. And, and second, or 1 Corinthians 2 says the natural man is not going to receive that if the Holy Spirit is not working in their life. There's one other reference I want you to write down, and I've shared this reference with you before. In John chapter 16, verse 13 says, He, <coughs> the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. It is the Word of God that helps us understand. The Word of God. Kevin and I were talking a little bit about that this morning. I mean, there are passages in the Word of God that I, that I don't understand and all that. Study it. We have an incredible resource, and that is of God Himself that has given us. This is a supernatural book, and it has the ability. We're going to talk about this more in just a minute. To change people's lives. And so we need to rest on let the Holy Spirit do His job. Does that make sense? Let the Holy Spirit, it's our job to share it. It's God's job to give the results. And we'll talk more about that as we go through. The third principle in this passage, and this is where we all know the story, and that is we should expect as we share the Word of God, whether it's what I'm doing now, or whether it's what I do when I stop at a garage sale on the way home from Vermont, or whatever, we have a, we have a responsibility to share the Word of God is expect that there are four different kinds of results. And that's what this story tells us about. And we'll talk about what that means here in just a minute. So let's work our way through the passage a little bit. I was trying to jump ahead, but let, let, let's do this. Now, the parable is this, Jesus said. Verse 11, Jesus is explaining the parable. And one of the things, or here, here's the highlight that I want you to get. And we'll talk about this the rest of the day today. And that is the seed is the word of God. That's a great analogy. If you were here last week up at Pastor Todd's house, Christy talked a little bit about fishing and farming. And, and Jesus here is using that classic farming illustration. And so he clearly says to the disciples, listen, he who has ears, let him hear. The seed is the word of God. The Word of God, we've talked about this, the spiritual armor in Ephesians. The Word of God is our weapon. The Word of God is what God gives us in our lives to change our lives. It's the Word of God. That's what we have. That's what God uses in our lives. The seed is the Word of God. And then there's four things. One, two, three, four. Those who are by the wayside, the ones who are on the rocks, the ones that fell among the thorns, and then the ones... and then. Um, am I not? Oh, there's my number four. And the ones who fell upon the good ground. In, in the middle there, the, 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 he explains even what the thorns are. The cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life. 
And then at the end, it says this, and I want to highlight this before I talk about anything else today. Those who having heard the word with a noble, with a pure and good heart, keep it and bear fruit. And the word is bear fruit with patience, or the word is actually endurance or perseverance. In other words, folks, keep doing it. Don't worry about trials. Don't worry about people not being receptive to what you say. If there's anything about this passage that I think Jesus wanted his disciples to understand is that idea of endurance and patience and perseverance. It doesn't just mean, okay, I'm okay, you know, that everything is okay. It means endurance. Keep at it of sharing the word of God. It is God's job to handle the results. Does that, does that make sense? Keep, keep at it. So to finish this up today, let me talk with you about the four results that are often going to be the case. And you know this part of the story. And again, let me just highlight again. I showed it up on the, on the PowerPoint. The seed is the word of God. So let's talk about the results a little bit. Number one, the seed fell among or on, the, on the wayside. Let me just talk with you a little bit about that for just a minute. Remember my illustration? Somebody years ago drew the guy in Palestine, and he's got the seeds, and he's out there sowing. And it had, it had, I, I showed you the picture a couple times already, right? The wayside. The wayside was in those ancient farms was basically the path through, okay? It was the path through the farm or through the, the plowed soil. Um, you understand that from the text. It says that the wayside was hard. People stepped on it. But as you're throwing out the seed, right, some of the seed went there. And then ultimately, this passage says that even birds came. You can, you can visualize that's ha that happens. And Jesus, in telling people about this illustration, this passage, says... That people hear, that's the illustration that's here, but then the devil takes it away. Folks, let me, let me just highlight this. We're going to talk about all four for just a minute. Let me just talk with you about this one. We are in a spiritual warfare. We are, right? Kevin, we talked about that this morning. The devil doesn't want our enemy does not want people to hear and to apply and to learn the word of God. This is, this is, it's serious. And yet we have a spirit, we have the weapon, which is the word of God. And folks, I've, I've said this to you before. Satan wins, not ultimately, not for eternity, but he gets a victory if he can keep us away from the word of God. If it goes away, Satan, I'm just talking about what, what this passage says. And, and can, I, can I be bold enough to talk with you about two areas of our lives, which is, which is absolutely true in my life and probably every single person that's here, two areas where Satan would love to win. And I know I'm talking to the wrong people because you're here, but let me 
let me just share two areas. I, I think, number one, all of us, if we're going to be honest with you, that one of our biggest struggles that we have as believers is spending time every day in the Word of God. Satan would love to get us away from that habit. Satan would love if, if we get distracted by whatever is around us, if we get distracted, Satan wins. If, we, if God's Word doesn't take root in our lives. Likewise, God wins. If we build the discipline, the habit of spending time every day in the Word of God, if we spend time, it doesn't have to be law, and I'm not trying to be this legalistic rules guy, but, but God wants us to spend time every day in the Word of God and make that a priority in our lives and make that a habit in, the, in, in our lives. Um, I, I've, I've told you this story before. How many, how many are coffee drinkers? A lot of us, right? I mean, yeah, first thing I do, I, I, I've told you this story. I, I, am a, I am a Keurig addict. I'm going to give a commercial for Keurig. It makes me one cup of coffee. I'm a, I'm a fan. I can get up in the morning. I get up way before, believe me, she's, she's online. She'll know I'm making fun of her. Peggy, I get up way before Peggy. And I'm not going to make a pot of coffee. I don't, we have a bun coffee. I don't know how to use that thing. Keurig, I got the little K cups, right? And I know, yeah, somebody, I know they, you know, got to throw them away and all that kind of stuff and put them in a landfill somewhere. I know that. But Keurig, I'm a fan. I can make one pot of coffee. Our house. You know, I have, a, I have a Keurig upstairs in the kitchen, and I have a Keurig downstairs in my office. Yeah, I, I don't even want to walk upstairs to make my own, pot of co- make my own cup of coffee. It's like, but I, I remember when I was a kid, I, I, don't know, I don't know of anybody, maybe you're different, but I don't know of anybody that likes coffee the first time you ever tried it. When I was a kid, my dad drank coffee, and I thought it was the grossest stuff. My dad, actually, in those days, because he's the same way as me. He was the same way as me, only Keurigs were invented back then. My dad would actually make instant coffee. That's got to be the worst stuff ever. But my dad could make it himself. He could boil water. Sometimes he'd burn it. Um, but my dad could boil water, and he had instant coffee. He'd buy it all the time. And he'd make himself instant coffee, and every now and then I'd try it, and it was terrible. Every single morning that I know, every single morning that I remember, my dad would also have a plain brown donut with his coffee. He would go buy them. You know, at at Dunkin', they're called old-fashioned. You know, those brown donuts. No sugar, no jelly inside, no surprise, nothing. You know, and he would dunk his donut in his coffee. And and after a while, I figured out, okay, I I could stomach the coffee if it had a donut around it. And my dad would dunk the brown donut in his coffee. And so I, I started to reach over and dunk my donut in his coffee. And my dad yelled at me for that. My dad yelled at me a lot for stuff. But, um, but, and so my dad started getting my own cup of coffee. He's like, his, his crumbs in his coffee were okay. But my crumbs in his coffee, that, no, no, you can't have that. So he would get me a cup of coffee, this instant coffee. He would make a cup of coffee for me. And I could, stom- I could stomach it if it had a donut around it. And I don't know what happened, but after a while, I started to finish the cup of coffee. I started to drink the rest of it, even though in the beginning I hated it. Now, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I go to my Keurig. I have a cup of coffee. The first thing I do when I go downstairs to my office, it's a flight of stairs. 
is make myself a pot of coffee or I'll go to Panera or, or uh, Dunkin' or, or Starbucks. It's a habit, right? My point about all of that is when God's Word gets to become a habit where it feels weird, right, not to do it, and so my point about all of that is don't let Satan win. Satan would love to distract you and have the birds come and take the seed. The seed is the word of God. Let me tell you the other area. I know I'm speaking to the choir. Satan wins when church isn't a priority. We've talked to you about that. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, we talked about the essential functions of the church and the reason we come, worship God, fellowship with each other, and to study God's Word. And I get it that you can do that online and all of that, but the more, folks, forgive me, you can hit me later. Uh, don't forget that big guys fall easy. I could fall on you and hurt you, crush you. You can hit me later. But God or Satan wins. If he keeps us away from church. Because church is where we hear the word of God. Church is where we study the word of God. Church is where the whole point of church, Ephesians 4, is that we use the word of God to equip people to serve him. It's the word of God. And so I say with all that, don't let Satan win. The seed is the word of God. And, And again, the results, I've already talked to you about that, are up to God. And I've already talked to you about that. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us understand the word of God. Let me say one other thing with love. And that is, uh, if that's hard for you, understanding and making the word of God, then, then honestly, that is a situation that's a problem that you should take up with God because it's, again, the word of God. And make sure, that's one of the great reasons, First John, is that we know the word of God. But these things are written, First John chapter 5, but these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. First John 5, 13. Make sure the word of God, not just in a legalistic, not just in a habit way, because God uses, the, the Holy Spirit of God uses the word of God to change our lives. That passage talks about that. We'll get to that in just a minute. Number two, he, the seed, some of it, fell on the rock. And there was no roots. They didn't have any moisture. And they... The seed grew up. There were things that grew up from the seed. The plants grew up, but it also died quickly because there was no root system there. And we understand that as well. Folks, likewise, the word of God, Satan wins if he gets the word of God out of our lives. Unless the word of God is allowed to take root, and we'll talk about that at the very end today, (coughs) take root in our lives. We were gone this week, but I told you even today about my hometown. This week, I guess, because we were gone, but uh, there was a huge storm up uh, north of us a little bit, up in Susquehanna County. And because of Facebook, I mean, there were a lot of people in Montrose that lost electricity, and there were a lot of trees down uh, in my hometown. I don't know about down here, I don't know even about Lackawanna County, where we live. But up in Susquehanna County, this week was a big thing. And a friend of mine sent me a picture of the street where I used to live on in Montrose this week, this huge tree that I, 
I can't necessarily tell you I remember that tree, but it was, it was on the street where, where I would go every single day in Montrose. The tree fell across the street, and they had to come out with emergency crews because it knocked out electricity. And all of you have seen it happen. Maybe some of you have seen it happen in your houses where the roots come up, right? You've seen those pictures, right? The tree falls over. Some of you, it's happened at your house. The roots come up out of the tree, and you think, my goodness, how could that happen? That's the illustration. The roots go deep, are supposed to go deep, and God's word is supposed to go deep in our hearts and lives so that when, listen to me, so that when storms hit us, we don't blow over in the wind. Read Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, where it says that unless God's word has that root in our lives that we're blown about by every wind, that carried by every wind of doctrine. We're likely to blow over when hard times come unless God's word has root in our lives. That's number two. Number three, it fell among the thorns. This one also is incredibly practical for us today because Jesus says, okay, here are people who've heard the word of God. But it's choked out by the cares, riches, and pleasures of this world, right? And all of a sudden, everyone here, I mean, we, can, we understand that. We get it. That often the things that this world has, often things that we want, that the world has, care, the cares, the worries, the concerns, the riches, and often it's those things that the world has that keeps us away from what God has for us. It's choked out by that. Um, can I be incredibly honest with you today? Is that okay? About me and my family, my you know, like, like even this morning, Peggy's sick enough, she has a terrible head cold, that even at the last minute, I mean, I, again, she's gonna, I'm going to get in trouble when I get home for saying all of this. But she tried to get Christy to stay home, and I'm like, come on, I need one of my family to go to church with me this morning or whatever. But, but you know my family, right? You know us. By now, you know the Walkers. You know our family. And uh, I'm just, again, I'm just shooting straight with you. All three of our kids are in vocational ministry. All three of them. Christy's a missionary in Germany. Todd is your pastor. And Travis, you've met Travis. He was here Christmas time. He's a pastor in Ankeny, Iowa. Let me tell you a secret. I'm just shooting straight with you. Right? As a parent, I don't care if my kids grew up to be poor. I've had to go through that in my life. That's not the worst thing in the world. I grew up as a basketball player because I grew up. I grew six inches in one summer. Hey, kid, you want to play basketball? You know, I was the biggest kid in my high school. You know how they have those superlatives, most likely to succeed and all that kind of stuff? You know what mine was? Tallest. That's me. I don't care if my kids grew up to be great athletes. I don't care. And I was an athlete. I played basketball all through high school, all through college. 
and I tried even after that. Um, I don't care. I do care if my kids are godly. I do care. The ministry is up to God. The calls of God to the ministry. <coughs> That's up to God. But I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, that the kid, my kids walk with And I'm just shooting straight with you this morning. And it's not always, I mean, I get it that there's a free will and they grow up and make decisions and sometimes those decisions are anti how we taught them and all of that. But that's the prayer of my heart. I have 10 grandchildren. Every day I pray for those little kids because I want them to grow up and go on for God. I wrote the book, going, a book, Going On For God. And I, that, is, that, that is that important to me that, that I don't want the cares, the, the, the riches, the pleasures I, I, I'm being incredibly honest with you, and, and, and Christy's here, I can tell you, I, that, that stuff doesn't matter for eternity. Whether or not they live for God, I'm going to make that the priority of my life and priority of my ministry. That is, that's, it's that important to me. Is that fair? Number three. Number four. Some of the ground, some of the seed fell on good ground. Praise the Lord, we're finally getting to this, right? The, the first three, back, oh my goodness. No, there's good ground. In fact, if you saw that picture, the majority, I mean, he's a farmer. He's, he's planting it on good ground. And I love this story because the story says that the fruit that, that we're supposed to reproduce, reproduced a hundredfold. That's a pretty good investment, right? My goodness, that's a, that's a, that's a great investment. It sounds like, you know, those Iowa corn farmers that are, you know, feeding the world with American corn. I mean, it's, that's an amazing thing. That's, that's what God wants from us, is as we share the word of God, there will be fruit. It says, having heard the word, keep it and bear fruit with endurance. If there's one thing about farmers, that farmers or gardeners understand, that there has to be endurance. You have to keep at it. Because there's going to be storms. There's going to be bugs. There's going to be problems. Keep at it. Keep at it of sharing the Word of God. There is good soil. There is good soil out there. And I love the idea that in the good fruit, the good or the good ground, that having heard the Word of God, and I told you we'd get to this, okay? Keep it. Remember a few months ago, we studied James. One of the key verses, I think, in James, James 1.22, where it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, right? God wants us to live Bible. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Now, let me show you. I told you we, I talked about this. Now that the chart is up there, I can highlight for you. Number one, fell by the wayside. What's the next word? Here. Fell in the rock. What's the next word? Here. Fell among thorns. Have heard. Fell on good ground. Having heard. And keep the word of God. Again, James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's not enough to hear. Folks, it's not enough to hear. It's to hear and do something about the Word of God. And I think that's the key and how all of it fits in with this illustration today. The key is that we're willing to have the Word of God, what God teaches us, be a part of our lives and to implement the teaching and, 
As Pastor Todd says all the time, to obey the word of God. That's what Christ left us here to do, great commission. Teaching them to observe to all that I have commanded you to do, the commands of God. And so those are the four results. The teaching is the word of God and patience, endurance to keep at. So here's the application and I'm done. Well, there's a chart on the back and then I'm done, but you know what I mean. I'm, you know, I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to talk this way, right? Number one, here's the application. This, all this about God's word, the seed is the word of God. That this is true when we teach or share the word of God. Folks, I get it. There are people watching us online today, and there are people here in our building today. And there are probably people in some of these different categories. Probably it's true that in some cases there are people who don't want to hear. There are sometimes there are people that hear, and then Satan wins. There are sometimes there are people that hear, and it gets choked out by the, by the cares of this world. Sometimes there's people that, that hear, but it gets blown over when winds, wind happens. I mean, I, I get it. And when we share the word of God, that happens. But I think it's also important for us to look at passages like this and realize that one of the things that God uses as his word is that God calls his word the mirror of God's word. So today I think it's important to look into the mirror of the word of God and see how this applies to our life. And I think we need to ask ourselves. I mean, this week as I've been studying this, and reading this passage over and over and over again. I, I, I just, and, and even my kids, I've tried to make this very, very practical today, is that I want God's word to take root and to grow and to yield that fruit in my life. That's what God wants for us to do. And so what category? I think we all want to be in that good ground category. Okay, now, turn your page over, and I want to make this, okay, what do you do about it? Right at the back, or, or what now? And I want to highlight one verse for you. <coughs> in uh, Joshua 1.8, this verse fits in so well with what I've shared with you this morning. Joshua 1.8 says this. The book of the law, God's word, shall not depart from your mouth. Share it. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And I get it that that's an Old Testament prophet, Old Testament promise to an Old Testament prophet. I get it. But the principle of the Word of God. The word meditate. We'll talk about that more in just a second. But that's a great biblical word. Psalm 1, too. It means to bring it back up again. I talked to you just a second ago about let's live Bible. I think what that would say is let's think Bible. God wants us to be in the Word of God enough that when life happens, we think about what somebody says. We think about what happens in life. We think about a biblical principle because we're thinking about that in our mind. That's what God's word is all about. And then he says, ultimately, he said, by, by living to do that, do it. Remember James 1.22, just a second ago, we talked about that. Observe to do. Then we'll have good success and our way will be prosperous spiritually because we're doing what God's word has for us to do. So you have a, on the back, 
you have a little chart that by the magic of Microsoft Word, I made little boxes and stacked them on each other. So what do we do about it? I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Number one, this whole message. Remember again, I, it's highlighted in red. The seed is the Word of God. So what do we do about it? Mel, too. My, me, too. What do we do? Number one is read it. Make sure that reading of the Word of God is a priority. If that's hard, the Holy Spirit will help you with that. He will. The Bible says, I talked to you about that today, from John, from Second, from 1 Corinthians, where j- just read it. Get, develop that habit, whatever works for you, and get a translation of something that makes sense to you, that there are tons of translations out there. Number two is study it. That's what we're doing on Wednesday nights, is we're trying to learn to study God's Word together. There are things in God's Word that are hard. I'll tell you a secret. Study it! I'm going to quit yelling now. Study it. There's lots of things in life. There's lots of things. I, I think, by the way, folks, I think God's big enough to handle the big questions. God can handle that. I don't know all the answers to the questions, but the answers that God wants us to know are in His Word. So study it. Read it. Study it. Number three is memorize and meditate on it. Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Whatever works for you, that meditation that that verse talks about, Joshua 1.8, of letting God's word fill your mind, letting God's word fill your mind. Um, I feel a little hypocritical, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why in just a minute. We, uh, years ago, when I was first starting in the ministry, uh, we had a guy, an attorney, actually, speak at our church. This guy was an attorney, and he did cases where around the country, um, like church liberties and freedom of speech and freedom of religion were being attacked. And he was an attorney who did that. And during his message, he gave this story. And I actually went up front afterwards and talk to him about the story, because it's like, this is the part where I feel hypocritical about. But this attorney told me the story. He said, yeah, he goes, he, he told our whole church this story. He said, yeah, I've made it a practice to read through the Bible every month. And I'm like, what? I, I've read it through a few times in my life, all the way through. And it, usually I try to do it in a year. And even then I get behind, to be real honest with you. But... I guess if you take about 20, 25 minutes a day, that that's what it takes. You can read the Bible through every, every year. But I've never done it at once every month. That's the part I feel hypocritical about. And so I went up to him and I said, did you mean every month? And he said, yeah. He said, years ago in my practice, he said, he said it took him about 45 or 50 minutes. And he took that much time every day and he read through the Bible. He said, in the beginning, he said, I admit it became very tedious. He said, but I'm an attorney. I'm supposed to be smart, he said. And he said, I decided I was going to read the Bible through every month. And he said that he said, I try, I've, I've tried to do that in my life. And he said, after a while, and this is the point of the story, the part about reading it through it a month, believe me, I feel hypocritical because I've never done that. I've read it through in years before. He said that after a while, he said, something would happen in my law practice. And I, the first thing I'd think about was what does the Bible say about that? 
He said something would happen to my family. The first thing I thought about was something, what does the Bible say about this? He said something would happen in business. He traveled a lot. He said something would happen and right away. Folks, listen to me. I am not telling you you should read the Bible for every month. I have never done that. But I think God wants to get to the place, Psalm 1, Joshua 1, where God's word is in our mind. That's one of the things, Christy can tell you more about this today. You can ask her about this. When, I was li- when my kids were little, I tried to teach them biblical principles. In fact, we wrote a book about it called Convinced. That I wanted my kids, to, no matter where they went, and believe me, when Christy Walker was little, I had no idea that she would end up as a missionary in Berlin, Germany. One of the evil places of the world. But one of the things that we worked hard to do is make sure that our kids had principles of the Word of God that applied to every area of life. Because I wanted them to memorize and meditate on the Word of God. Does that make sense? Again, I'm just trying to shoot straight with you this morning. Number four, apply it. Apply it. I think that's the idea. I've talked to you about this before. Second Corinthians, or Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the person of God, may be perfect, may be mature, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is applicable. It is. And I think that's, how, I think that's the win, I do, for believers, is when we see that God's word applies. God knew. That's, that's the beauty of the Word of God. I'm a writer. I've written books. I know, I, folks, I know that my books, even me, are going to go out of, out of print and out of style. And I, I know God's Word is not. God's Word is not. God's Word, God knew what we'd be going through today, and God's Word is applicable. Number five, do what it teaches. We were on that little trip this week, and I saw a bumper sticker. It says, don't forget, they're not the Ten Suggestions. <laughs> ten Commandments. The Bible's clear. I don't think we need to worry about what we don't understand. I think God wants us to do what we do understand. To live it out in life. And then the last one, I think the purpose of this story, and you could read the story, this story about the parables of the sower, the, so- the seed, and the soils is in three of the Gospels. I think you can read it, and I think you've got to realize that what God wants from our lives is fruit from the Word of God. And in this passage, he talks about it being a hundredfold. Just on the way down, Christy was telling me about an illustration. If I I mess it up, help me. Um, A guy was a... uh, a driver in a ride-share program, Uber Uber, or one of those things like that. And he said that uh, he decided when he started that job that he was going to play the Bible being read uh, because that was his way to share it with others in, the, in his car. And how many, how many riders did he pick up? Thousands. 13,000 13, people. That he picked up over the years. And he said only six out of the 13, right, said to him, please turn that off. I don't want you. We are so worried about how people are going to receive, are going to be receptive to the word of God. 
And, and I think that's a great illustration. I don't know how you personally can share the word of God. I know with me that God gives me opportunities during the week to talk to a hippie in his backyard when Christy and Peggy are looking through junk and I'm out there talking to the guy or our host up in Vermont where we stayed who said they found fossils from the Caribbean up by Lake Champlain in northern Canada and how on earth did they get there? And I said the Bible tells us that there was a worldwide flood and if you believe the flood, then that's not all that hard to figure out why, how, that, how they got there, right? I don't know how God will give you and your family the opportunity to share the word of God, but God wants us to sow the seed. And as we do that, we need to know with all of our hearts that there will be fruit, right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. This is a familiar story. <laughs> I've tried to be true to your word, but I've also tried to be applicable and apply this to our hearts and our lives. And God, I, I just pray that you'd use your word. F forgive me if my stories or illustrations or got in the way. Father, help us to realize the seed is your word. That as we share your word, that we can trust you for the results and that there will be fruit in our lives and lives of others. Oh, God, I just pray that this would be practical, that we would be a church that would be about your word, true to your word, learning your word together, because that's how you bring fruit in our lives and the lives of others around it. Father, for your glory, for eternity. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, thank you very much, and uh, see you Wednesday. Thank you. Turn off the Yeah, thanks folks and uh, appreciate you coming today. <laughs>